Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We are starting a new book today, and I must admit, I have never studied the book of Judges. This is just one of these parts of the Bible that I've just never had a chance to read. So I'm excited to study this with you and uh, to learn something and to um, gain more spiritual insight uh, from the Word of God in this regard. Now, a couple of things about Judges before we jump in. Um and first off, we don't know who uh, writes Judges. There is no um, uh, s- stated author. Of course, the Holy Spirit writes the book, but uh, we don't know uh, about it, uh, who wrote it. Um, the, it is, um book of Judges talks about the, the 12 leaders or the 12 judges who had temporary leadership in civil and military issues. And this is occurring between when Joshua dies and then Samuel, um, you know, uh, is chosen to become a king. So it's sort of this time, this um, intermediate time period between all the success they had with this great leader in Joshua and then we have, you know, sort of chosen kings um, that ultimately fail as well. All the judges ultimately fail. The people ultimately fail. They cannot live up to the promise of getting the promised land, the promise to possess the promised land. They just can't possess it. Remember we said last time 300,000 acres were promised, but at the time of Joshua, at his death, they had only claimed around 30,000, only 10% of the promised land. The theme of Judges is the downward spiral of Israel's national and spiritual life into chaos and apostasy, showing the need for a godly king to lead it. Now, this is coming from my study Bible. So, uh, it just, the purpose shows the consequences of religious apostasy. That means turning away from God and to point the way to a king who, if righteous, would lead the people to God. So, time and time again, we'll see Israel turning its back on God and embracing the gods and the ways of the Canaanites. And by the end of the book, my study Bible says, 
Israel had violated its covenant with God in almost every way imaginable. The land of Canaan must have been all inspiring to the Israelites. Um, we see the story of the spies who reported on its wealth and strength back in Numbers. And my study Bible says, To a, a recently freed slave people accustomed to the hardships of life out in the wilderness, the the, the, the uh, Canaanites, the land of Canaan, had a cosmopolitan flair to it and a material wealth of the late Bronze Age. So Canaan, with its large urban city, city centers, could not have failed to impress. They were clearly superior uh, in technology to the Israelites on many levels. Art, literature, architecture, trade, political organization, and more. And it's not difficult to see how the Israelites would have been tempted by the elaborate Canaanite religious system. Um, one prominent uh, feature of this system was its sexualized orientation. They had sacred prostitutes. They were, they were called uh, priestesses of Baal allowing the people to combine their sensual pleasures with the worship of Baal. So, undoubtedly, this was luring many um, Israelites um, into this system and to possibly marriage with uh, many of these women. So, uh, again, going against God's warning to keep yourself pure, keep yourself away from these foreign gods. Key themes... Israel's existence in the land had been promised by God and was threatened by its continued apostasy or turning away from God. Israel had not conquered the land completely and was and its unfaithfulness was to blame. Secondly, the oppression, the chaos, and generally negative picture of the book are due to Israel's repeated sin. Number three, God's faithfulness was the counterpoint to Israel's apostasy. Despite Israel repeatedly fail, falling away from God, God continually, continually delivered His people. So, number four, uh, the judges did little to stop the downward cycle of this apostasy. If anything, my study Bible points out, they accelerated it. And number five, Israel needed a godly king to lead in doing right in the Lord's eyes rather than a leader who did right in his own eyes. Aren't all of these points problems with us today on our own spiritual battlefield? So how unfaithful we can be, how easy it is to get mired in sin, how God continues to be faithful with us despite our turning our backs on God. And how ineffective leaders can be when their hearts are not centered on Christ. And how desperate we are for a godly king, which would be Christ. And success that we think that we're going to get when we follow Christ is not automatic. We have to possess our spiritual gifts just like the, the nation Israel did. 
by faith, by getting up and walking to possess it. So, and many times, as we've said before, our greatest enemy on the spiritual battlefield is our own self, our own self-centeredness. All right, so with that being said, we'll jump in and hit the high points from the first three uh, chapters, as McGee did. Chapter 1, verse 1, after the death of Joshua, the people of Israel inquired of the Lord, who shall go up? first for us against the Canaanites to fight them. The Lord said, Judah shall go. Behold, I've given the land into his hand. Okay, so Lord's kind of commanding Judah. But right off the bat, what do we see Judah do? Judah asks the tribe of Judah, ask Simeon, his brother, come up with me into the territory allotted to me that we may fight against the Canaanites, and I likewise, likewise will go with you into the territory allotted to you. So Simeon went with him. Then Judah went up, and the Lord gave the Canaanites and the Perizzites into the, their hand, and they defeated 10,000 of them at Bezek. So McGee makes the point that right off the bat, the, uh, the tribe of Judah doesn't really depend on just the Lord like he asks them to. They're uh, already striking deals with another tribe to help out. As if we, as if God being on our side isn't enough. Verse 9, And afterward the men of Judah went down to fight against the Canaanites who lived in the hill country in the Negrib, in the lowland, and Judah went against the Canaanites who lived in the Hebron. Verse 11, From there they went against the inhabitants of Deborah. The name Deborah was formerly Kareth Sefer, and Caleb said, He who attacks Caleb Sefer and catches captures it, I will give him Asha, Ash, my daughter, for a wife. And Onathel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother, captured it, and they gave him Ashish, his daughter, for a wife. Okay, so they're attacking, and we've got Onathel, um, Caleb's younger brother, uh, capturing it. He's made a commander. McGee, McGee makes the point that the only reason he probably was in the picture is, K, is he's Caleb's younger brother. But anyway, he gets a victory. Verse 21, And the people of Benjamin did not drive out the Jebusites who lived in Jerusalem. So the Jebusites have lived with the people of Benjamin in Jerusalem to this day. Okay, so now we sort of see... Tribe by tribe, they fail to live up to their promise of possessing the promised land. Verse 27, Manasseh did not drive out the inhabitants of Beth Sheen and the villages. Verse 29, Ephraim did not drive out the Canaanites who lived in Gezer. Verse 30, Zebulun did not drive out the inhabitants of Kitron and all these other inhabitants. Asher, verse 31, did not drive out the inhabitants of Echo. So all these all these allotments of land that they get, they didn't drive out their inhabitants. Verse 33, Naphtali did not drive out the inhabitants of Beth Shemesh. Verse 34, the Amorites pressed the people of Dan back into the hill country, for they did not allow them to come down to the plain. Okay? So a whole bunch of failures, right? Nobody really is living up. Verse 2, Now the angel of the Lord, now McGee says he believes that's the pre-incarnate Christ, went up from Gil 
gal to Bochum and said, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you into the land that I swore to give your fathers. I said, I will never break my covenant with you, and you shall make no covenant with the inhabitants of this land. You shall break down their altars, but you have not obeyed my voice. What is this you've done? So now I say, I will not drive them out before you, but they shall become thorns in your side, and their gods shall be a snare to you. Okay? The Lord's saying, look, you've not depended on me. You've not obeyed my words, and you've not depended on faith in me. You're depending on your own ability, your own strength, and your own judgment. Verse 16, the Lord raised up judges who saved them out of the hand of those who plundered them. Okay? So the Lord's trying to raise up judges to help them out. There will be strong leaders. Chapter 3, now these are the nations that the Lord left to test Israel by them. That is, all in Israel who had not experienced the wars in Canaan. Verse 2, it was only in order that the generations of people of Israel might know war, to teach war to those who had not known it before. These are the nations, the five lords of the Philistines and all the Canaanites and Sidonites and Hittites. Down to verse 5, the people, so the people of Israel lived among the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hittites, the Jebusites. And their daughters they took to themselves for wives, and their own daughters they gave to their sons and served their gods. Okay? Israel did not, they completely failed. Verse 7, And the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. They forgot the Lord their God and served Baal and the Asherah. And therefore the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he sold them into the hand of Cushan, <coughs> Russian Thakim, king of Mesopotamia. And the people of Israel served Cushan Rashathaim eight years. But when the people of Israel cried out to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer for the people of Israel who saved them. Onathel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother. So he raises up Onathel. The Spirit of the Lord was upon him, and he judged Israel, and he went out to war. The Lord gave Cushan Rashathaim king of Mesopotamia, into his hand, and his hand prevailed over the uh, Cushion Reshatham. So the, the land had rest for 40 years. Then Onathel, the son of Kenaz, died. All right. So what do we got here? We've got a picture of chaos, apostasy, and lack of leadership. Corruption. Look what we have today. Same thing. The land doesn't have any rest. The promises are unfulfilled. God is trying to raise up people to help. Judges. And he has the younger brother of Caleb. And they get a victory. But as we're going to see, all of these victories... Uh, are going to start turning into more defeats. So we'll stop here, how greatly we need the Lord in our life. We cannot take our hearts off of Christ. So, as always, for me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your hearts centered on Christ on this great 
spiritual battlefield. We'll see you here next time as we continue to start learning together this book of Judges. God bless you all. We'll see you next time.